right. All right, so let's learn. So, as uh, Hashem, we're getting close to Tisha B'Av. So, Tisha B'Av, as Hashem, this year should be celebrated with a Mamash of Ma'ed. But, um, but at least you have to make the Hachanas for what Tisha B'Av would look like, theoretically, if things stayed the same. So let's begin, let's begin to talk about a particular, the general, the general thing we have, the general question we have to answer, which is like, what exactly is the Avayda of Tisha B'Av? What's the Avayda getting ready for this time of year? But more specifically, more specifically, there's one particular place in the world in Eretz Yisrael that I think uh, is maybe the easiest, the easiest place to focus on that's sort of through which we can be makasha ourselves to the Avayda of Tisha B'Av, and that's the Kaisal. That's the Kaisal. It's interesting. When, when, when a person, there's a Shem, hopefully we've all been there. So uh, when you think about the Kaisal Maravi, it, it's, it's a very unique place. First of all, it's a place that all Yidin feel connected to. You can have the biggest Sadiqim connected to Kaisal, and even Yidin that are far from Yiddishkeit also find themselves by the Kaisal. So it's in a unique place that all of Klai Yisrael have Iskashas to. That's number one that's unique. Other places, yes, yeah, some people feel connected, some people not. But this is a place that's, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a unique thing. And another thing that's unique to the Kaisal is that there's not too many places like this where it's a place, if you meditate on it, you sort of, it's a place that there's a very deep sense of Churban, but a very deep sense of Menucha at the same time. And when people connect to the Kaisal Maravi, very often it's not even so much to Davin. Like I've had many conversations with people that they just go to Kaisal and they just sit and they watch people. They just sit, breathe in the air, look at the stones. And, and what do they feel? There is a deep sense of, of Avelis over Hormes and Migdash. It's the Kaisal. But Mitzat Shene, there is a deep Yishav Adas, the Menuchas and Nefesh, that comes in by, by, by looking at that place. Ad Kach, it's even brought down in the Svarim as a school of it. If a person is is davening, let's say, for example, and their mind is racing and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff comes up by davening, a big school that's brought down is to imagine yourself, imagine yourself standing by the Kaisal Maravi. If you imagine yourself by the Kaisal, there's a certain focus and yeshiva das and sort of inner peace and calm and, and centeredness, I guess, that sets in when you connect to the Kaisal Maravi. So it's a very unique place that's both, again, a place of, of availus and comfort. So we have to be able to make sense of this. So, so this is the way we'll go about doing it. Let's ask one general question first, and then we'll go back to the Kaisal. So the general question that, again, we're going to, that this time of year has to be revolving around, which is the question of what is the purpose of Gaulus? What is the Tachas of Gaulus? So, you know, a couple nights ago, so we had, uh, you know, some of you that were there, we had a Fabrengen for that Rizal's yard site. So the question that that year was based on this question as well. So tonight it's going to be, Sort of that idea, but brought down, you know, a little bit, a little bit brought down. So those that, I'm not going to reference it too much, but those that were there, this is sort of like a beer and a peerish of what we're talking about, in more practical terms. <laughs> so the question is as follows. What exactly is the purpose of Gullus? What does Rabbanu gain from sending us into exile? <clears throat> in other words, again, the simple explanation of what Gullus is, is that, okay, we, we did our virus, and the Rabbanu is uh, punishing us for that. Okay, but first of all, the revolution doesn't just operate like punishment, stam. Any punishment is for the purpose of tikkun. It's to eventually, is to try to wake us up to fix the problem that was, that, that led to, to the punishment. And the problem is that historically speaking, it doesn't seem to be working. 
Klaisel doesn't seem to be getting any better. It's not like we're promised that eventually we'll do tshuva, but tshuva doesn't seem to be happening. We don't even remember anymore what, what we had. So what exactly is the tachas of Golas? What is being accomplished? What's being accomplished with Golas right now? That's the, that's the question. That's the fundamental question. <clears throat> what exactly is being accomplished by Golas? How is Golas paving the way for Gula? If anything, it seems to be taking us away from what we would think Gula would be. So what exactly is accomplished by that? Okay. So in order to answer that question, let's focus on the Kaisal Maravi to explain what is that place, the Kaisal. So when I, when I say that question, what is the Kaisal? So, you know, the Kaisal is one of the walls of the, uh, the Vesa Megdash. It's one of the walls of the Vesa Megdash, the Western Wall. But you understand that in, in, in Primius, every place, there's a principle from Sefer Yitzira that everything the Rabbanu Shalom made and created exists on three planes, three dimensions, Olam, Shana, and Nefesh. Place, time, and in the person. So every, every place on earth has a corresponding time of the year and also a corresponding part of the nefesh. So when I talk about what is the kaisal, the question is not just where is it geographically and what was it, what is it a remnant of. The question is, what is the kaisal in space that we know what it is? What is the kaisal in time? And what is the, more importantly for our purposes tonight, what is the kaisal in the nefesh? What part of the neshama, what part of the human experience is the Indian of the Kaisal. Okay, so how do you go about answering that question? So it's like this. What is the Kaisal in space? What is the Kaisal physically? So we know the Kaisal is the Shirayim, the very, very last residue remaining from Beis Amigdash. That's what the Kaisal is. So far, it's, again, it's literally the external wall of the Beis Amigdash, and it's the only thing left standing. It's the Shirayim of Beis Amigdash. So if we were to, under, therefore, to try to begin to unravel that, que- that mystery of what is the Kaisal inside us, so we have to therefore better define for ourselves what is Beis HaMikdash. Because whatever the Beis HaMikdash is, the Kaisal is going to just be the Shirayim. So what is Beis HaMikdash? So in Tanakh, we find that the Beis HaMikdash was uh, an amazing place. It wasn't just a place for Karbanas. But the Beis HaMikdash was a place from which Nevoah emanated. The Kaich of Nevoah in creation was rooted in that place called Beis HaMikdash. Arkadei Kach, for example, Moshe Rabbein, the greatest Navi of all time, and all Nevi'im draw their power on some level. They're all Tamidim of Tamidim of Tamidim of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah was connected to the Mishkan at the time, the Beis HaMikdash, and not just the Beis HaMikdash, but the Aron. It says in Pasuk that the Rabbani Shalom says, I'm going to speak to Moshe Rabbeinu, Mi Bein Shnei HaKruvim, from between the two Kruvim. Mi bein shnei hakruvim is even Rosh Hashanah's Moshe. Mi bein shnei hakruvim. So the, the root of Nevoah is coming from that place, Beis Hamikdash, but specifically the epicenter, the Kayach, the, the concentrated essence of Beis Hamikdash. Mi bein shnei hakruvim. I'll give an example. You know, the 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 Abar Benel writes this in his Pirish on Sefer Shmuel. The Abar Benel writes that all the Nevi'im, in order even not Moshe Rabbeinu, but any Navi, let's say you're in uh, Tveria, you're a Navi in Tveria, you're a Navi in, uh, in, uh, in Beersheva, whatever it is. Any Navi, in order for them to access that Kayach of Nevoah, had to meditate on particular things. When they meditated on a particular object or a particular place, they would, uh, they would focus their energies and their Kayachas to attain Nevoah. One of the strongest meditative tools that the Nevi'im had was to meditate on the Aaron. The, the, the Barbino writes, that's the shot in the, in the story of Shmuel. It says in Pasuk that Shmuel was a young, young person, right? In the Mishkan with Eli. And he's sleeping. It says in Pasuk, he's laying down next to the Aaron. 
as it says in Pasuk, and all of a sudden he hears this message, Shmuel, Shmuel, and he wakes up, and he runs to Eli, he says, what is it? And he says, I don't say anything, go back to bed. So he goes back, and Shmuel, Shmuel, again, he goes back to Eli, and Eli realizes he's having an Avua experience. So all the Mepharshim ask, lying down next to the Aaron, forget, forget, the, you're not allowed to be in Kaddish HaKadshim Aleph, and even if you're not Kaddish HaKadshim, any Yeshiva of Mikdash, El Malchus, based on the you can't sit anywhere in the, in the Mishkan or the base of Mikdash. What does it mean, Shmuel's lying down next to the Aaron? So the Barbino writes, it doesn't mean physically lying down, it means Shmuel was in his bed, wherever he was, but he was meditating and contemplating the Aaron. So on some level, like he was projecting himself, like mentally, in that place. And that's how the Nevuah comes. So the Beis HaMikdash is a place, the Beis HaMikdash is a place that's the, that's that Kayach of Nevuah in the world. So if that's what the Beis HaMikdash means, the Kayach of Nevuah, for the Rabbani Shalom to speak to a human being, to break through all the barriers of physical life and just, and to have direct communication with us. So what's the Kaisal? What's the Kaisal? What's the Shirayim of Nevuah? So the Gemara tells us, we know that there's a number of things in creation that are one-sixtieth of something else, right? So sleepfulness is a sixtieth of death. Things that are a sixtieth of something else. So the Gemara says, it's Gemara Brachas, that a chalayim, a dream that's meaningful, right, is a sixtieth of nevuah. It's a sixtieth of nevuah. It means that if we're going to define what the kaisal maravi means in the nefesh, it means the ability of having a good dream. It means a meaningful dream. If the Beis HaMikdash means Nevuah, which is speaking, speaking you direct in that, in that open way of Nevuah, the Kaisal Maravi, the Shirayim of Beis HaMikdash means the Rebbe communicating through a dream. And in fact, just as the physical Kaisal is what remains throughout all time, Chazal say, that the Divine Presence never leaves the Kaisal, the Kaisal is always going to be, it's never going to be destroyed. So too, the Gemara says in Chagiga, it's a Gemara in Chagiga, on Daf Heim and Aleph, the Gemara quotes a pasuk. Vanoichi haster aster panabiyamahu. Right, it's a pasuk that's uh, the Gemara uses it for Purim, but it's in the gate to, to our time of the year as well. Hashem says, "I will hide my face from you on that day," referring to the destruction of the base of Megdash. Amar Rava, Rava said, "Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu." What Hashem is hinting is the following thing: that I'm going to hide my face from you that day. In other words, during the daytime, which is when. If the Rabbanishim were to communicate, it would be through real nevuah. That Hashem says, I'm going to hide my face during exile. <laughs> so despite the fact that Hashem says, I'm hiding my face from you during the day, <laughs> but during nighttime, when the dream, I could still communicate with you. <laughs> so this is the sight, that even during Golas, when we don't have Beis HaMikdash, we still have the Kaisal. Or, to translate that in the Nefesh, even though during, during Golas we don't have nevuah, but we still have the kayach of a dream. And that inyan of Bachaloyma Dabrabai, of the Rabbanishan communicating to us through dreams, that's what we're holding on to in Gullahs. Just like we hold on to the kais, and that gives us comfort on some level and connects us to what was Bachaloyma Dabrabai. This is why it's interesting. We find that when Yaakov Avinu, for example, is descending into Gullahs, right? So what happens? Veitz Yaakov Shava, right? So he goes from Bereshava, he's going into Gullahs, the house of Lovan to accomplish, to build a base Yisrael. But we know, Chazal say, that you know, he left, and he said, I, how could I have passed by the Makam HaMikdash and not Davin, right? So, he, he bumps into the place, he goes to the Makam HaMikdash, and he has a dream. And that dream is the dream that's going to carry him throughout Golas. It's going to give him some strength and some confidence. I'm with you, I'm not going to leave you, you're going to be successful, you'll come back here. 
So you see that what's going on is an amazing thing. I mean, we think of the Kaisel as the remnant that remains after the Bismuth was destroyed. But on some level, that, that's also the remnant that, that remained before the Bismuth was built. Notice that's the Shirayim that's never moving anywhere. You could take away Bismuth, you could put it back and forth. The Kaisel stays the same. The Chaloyim Adabrabai. And that's Adarab, but that's exactly the Kaich that Yaakov Avinu needed for it to give him the strength to carry that into Golas, just like we carry that into our Golas as well, Again, so Beis HaMikdash is Nevuah, but if there's no Beis HaMikdash, the Shirayim of Beis HaMikdash, which either is what remains behind after Churban, or what is there before Binyan Beis HaMikdash, is Bechalim HaDabarbay, V'yachalim, Yaakov Avinu's dream. <clears throat> this is why it's interesting. We also find, another, there's, another, there's another aspect of Beis HaMikdash that we, only, that we have Shirayim of. Avodas HaKarbonis, right, bringing sacrifices we don't have. But there is something that we have that's Shirayim of Karbonis. What's the Shirayim of Karbonis? Virchus Kahanam. According to the men of Mishayim, there's a big discussion in the Mishayim when Midaraisa, on the biblical level, when exactly is the Chiyav of Virchus Kahanam? So some Mishayim hold that it's every single day. It's daily. But Taisvis, and many Mishayim hold not like that, that Midaraisa, from the Torah, Virchus Kahanam is the Chiyav after Hakravas HaKarbonis. When communal sacrifices were bought, the Talmud, the Musaf, or whatever, then, then the, the last thing to do to sort of finish off the process of Karbanas was Birchus Kahanim. Mid Rabbanon, Chazal enacted that we should do Birchus Kahanim daily as well. Yeah, by Ashkenazim, we do it on Yantiv. But Meker Hadin, Birchus Kahanim, is the last final piece of Karbanas. It's the Shirayim of Karbanas. So we don't have Karbanas anymore, but the Shirayim we still have. The Kaisel Maravi of Karbanas we have, that's called Birchus Kahanim. And what do we ask for when there's Dochening? For good dreams, right? We ask for good dreams. We should have good dreams, but Birchus Kahanim. So you see such a thing that, again, Beis Hamigdash, Avoidus Beis Hamigdash, that's about Nevuah. The Shirayim is always related to Bachaloi Madarabai. That's why it's interesting. You know, there's a, there's a Minig that, that it's brought down by the Beis Yosef, it's, it's recorded in Shulchan Aruch, that by benching, a person, let's say you have a, a, a you know, a solid knife, you know, a real knife for cutting challah, whatever it is, you should remove the knife by benching. So there's different explanations why. One of the reasons that the Beis Yosef records, this goes back to Rishonim as well, is that there was a person that he was benching, and he mentioned uh, Rachim, you know, Bani Yerushalayim, he, he mentioned in Benching, we talked about Churim Beis HaMikdash, and he became so, uh, you know, so emotionally triggered by that, and he took the knife and he, and he stabbed himself for Chalon Hatzlan. So because of that, we removed the knife from benching. So it's Mamash Pella. It's a Pella. One Meshigana. Mamash, he's clearly not healthy, such a thing, right? So because of one guy did some Meshigas, so because of this, such a minute of removing the knife. So that's why Meri Shinem say that can't be the reasons. They give other reasons. The, the, the table's like a Mizbeach, like Son of Aleyam Barzel. I use the knife during the meal. Okay, casual also. So what's this Indian? So some, some, some I, I saw some of Farshim say, you know what the Pshad is? The Pshad is because if you had that one person do such a thing, uh, so obviously that's not a healthy thing to do, but at least it reminds us of how serious we should take Chorom Beis HaMikdash. Okay. Lamaisi was still a Meshachim guy to do such a thing. The answer is like this. There's a Torah from the Meshulayach in... Uh, and uh, don't, I don't blame the Beis Yosef for not quoting the Meishulach to explain it like this, but the Meishulach says in Parshas Miketz, 
Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, the timing was off. Rucha Kaidish, you need a lot of Rucha Kaidish to do that. So the, uh, so the, uh, which the Yisus have had. Okay, I'm getting off. Anyway, so the point is, Neshlech writes in Parshas Miketz, the whole Ma'aseh with Yisus Tzadik with the dreams. So the Ishbitzer writes the following lashon. Haino ki kol inyane olam haza heim kechaloim hatzarach pesur. When we talk about dreams that need, and the Gemara says as a call when it comes to dreams, hakol hoylech achar pisran. A dream, even if a message is trying to be said to you, we're not going to go into this topic right now so much, but there is an idea that even if a message is being said, it, it still can be, it, there's still room for interpretation. There's still room to draw that message in a particular way. And it depends on the interpretation. There's a famous Gemara in Brachis where you had Abai and Rava both having dreams and they went to an interpreter and the interpreter would, would constantly interpret for Abai a good and for Rava negative, like Kachava. It's my son like this. So, kol ha-chachar ha-pisran. So, it says the Yishvitz like this. Hainu kol inyana elam hazem kachalayim. The truth is, all things of this world are like a dream. Hatzarach pisran, that needs to be interpreted. Ukafish ukumayshe yiftuloy ha-adam. And as you interpret things of this world, that's how they're defined for you. Okay? We're going to see about this soon. Kilechem, and he says like this, bread, which is a metaphor to what? To everything that a person has in this world. In other words, bread is this, in that Pasuk, it doesn't just mean bread. It means everything you have, the whole, everything you bump into is lechem levadai. Lechem, so these bits are oisiyas chalayim. It's the same letters as chalayim. Ha'inu shetzarech pisren. It needs to be interpreted. Kikol hanoyes v'atayvishavayilam. All good things and all pleasures of this world the Rabbani Shalom gives you. Nimshalom lechem are compared to bread. And just like bread, and, and if all things are compared to bread, and bread is what? Is oisiyas chalayim. So it needs to be interpreted. The Indian of benching is to interpret that dream properly. That's what benching is. That's what benching is. <clears throat> Therefore, the whole Indian of benching is me'ikr hadin. Me'ikr hadin. From the Torah, it says, v'yechalta v'sevata, right? Eat, you'll eat, you'll be satisfied. U'birachtas Hashem l'kech, and you'll bless Hashem, you'll thank Hashem for, I would finish the Pasuk for the food you just ate. That's not what it says. U'birachtas Hashem l'kech, alor satoi v'ashanosim lach, v'eret Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is the place that Kedusha Eretz Yisrael becomes uh, intensified and increased and comes to completion by Beis HaMikdash. <clears throat> when we t- why, is, why is Eretz Yisrael and Beis HaMikdash necessary to mention when it comes to benching? The answer is benching is not just stop thanking Hashem for the food. Benching is trying to take that dream that you were just given, which is called food, or any, every pleasure of this world is like a dream, like the, said the Yishbitzer, and you need to interpret it properly. You need to interpret it as something that's coming from a higher place, not just to take it at face value, but to interpret it properly, to understand the message, and to, and to realize what's really being given to you over here. That's the proper interpretation. That's what benching is for. Therefore, benching is... is Therefore, benching is by its very definition makusher to kaisam aravi. It's makusher to we don't have based on megdash, but at least the shirayim we do, a chalayim we have, a chalayim adaber boy. Therefore, that person, of course, he wasn't healthy to stab oneself, but you see such an Indian is that birchas hamazin is makusher to chur based megdash. It's makusher to reminding us to at least what we have left, and when you and, and when you have the main thing, the shirayim is not noticed. But now that you don't have the main thing, you don't have nevua. At least what's noticeable now is is a koach to interpret the dream properly. Benching is connected to that. Therefore, dafka benching is moira the zikarin of churim beis hamikdash.
it reminds you of the Kaisal Maravi. When there was a base of Migdash Bibinyana in its, in its, in its, in its, when it was built, no one, no one went to visit the Kaisal. <laughs> you visit the Kaisal. You visit the base of Migdash. Now there's no base of Migdash, you visit the Kaisal. So, so Birchas and Muslim, which is highlighting the Indian of interpreting dreams properly, properly, is highlighting the fact that we have the Kaisal, meaning, and we don't have Beis Amigdash. It's Mar the Zikaran of the Churban, and therefore we were, we're, we're not worried that anyone's going to be like that Meshigana, but what that Meshigana went through is touching on the Pneumus of what benching is about. More than that, this is also why we find Birchas Amazin is connected with what? With Birchas Kahanan. What do I mean? So one of the Birchas Kahanim is Yisa Hashem Panavilacha, that Hashem should show favoritism to you, that despite what you did, which is crazy, the Banashim has a way of interpreting the dream of your life in a better way. So the guy has his struggles, and it can be interpreted in a negative way, or it can be interpreted mm-hmm. in a positive way. The Rabbanishim, the Birchas Kahanim is, the Rabbanishim should interpret your life properly. Ask the Gemara, is there such a thing as favoritism? Truth is truth. Says the Gemara, the Rav Shalom says to the Malachim, I shouldn't show favoritism to me. I said to them, that you have to bench what? When you're completely satiated. And they're machmering themselves to bench even just after a Beya or a Kezayis. So I shouldn't show favoritism. What in the world? Of all, of all, of all the Darabonans, because we're machmering benching, therefore we should have favorite, we should, the Rav Shalom should have favoritism towards us. That's exactly the Kuda. The whole Indian benching is our effort to interpret the dream of Hashem's gift to us in a positive way. Mimela, the Rabbanu Shalom, interprets our lives in a positive way. That's the Masipana that we're receiving by but it's all revolving around this Indian of the Kaisal Maravi Shevenefesh to be able to interpret a dream positively. So that's what the Kaisal means, to have good dreams, to have good dreams, to interpret dreams positively. For the Rabbanu Shalom to speak to you, not through Nevuah, but B'chalayim Adabrabai. So what does that mean? It's not practical enough. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? What's this Indian? So what's this Indian of B'chalim Adarbabai? Let, 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 let's get down to it. What's the difference between the way the Rabbanu Shalom would, ha, would ha, the way the Rabbanu Shalom communicated to us through Nevuah, which is Beis HaMikdash, versus how he communicates to us now, which is B'chalim Adarbabai? What's the difference? What's the difference? So it's like this. How does Nevu work? Boiling down a complicated sugya in a very simple way. So the Rabbanu made the world in such a way where everything is comprised of two components. Everything is two components. Everything has a guf, everything has a nisham. Everything has a ruchni side, a spiritual side, and a gashmi side. Everything has an R, and everything has a kli. It's the way it works. Every person's like that. Every object is like that. Every experience is like that. There's an R and there's a Kli. What does Nevuah mean? Nevuah means that the R, the light, the Ruchni, the Neshama is so potent and so intense Ad Kedekach that the Kli, the Guf, the Chaymer, the Gashmi doesn't stand a chance. Doesn't stand a chance. And the Ruchni, the light, the, the, the voice of Hashem, so to speak, is so overwhelmingly strong that it's able to, it's able to, uh, the, vo- the, the sound waves, so to speak, is able to travel through the Kli. So the Rabbanu Shalom is talking in heaven, right? The Rabbanu Shalom is talking in the higher world. Things are being communicated up there. There's baskals, there's malachim, there's who knows what's going on. And that's the light, that's R, that's Ruchni. And then you have this physical world, which is Gashmi. It's Chaymer, it's a Kli. It's a Kli. 
The time of Nevoah was, and how does Nevoah work, is that the sound up there is so strong, and the sound of your own neshama is so intense, is that that it's able to be heard even though you have a guf, even though you have a kli. And that's why you find that the way Nevoah took place was that the guf and the kli of the Navi literally had to be overpowered. Like the Ramchal writes this in Derech Hashem, that the, what a Navi would experience, when he would experience Nevoah, he would be mamish, uh, like having convulsions on the floor. I, the lesson of the Ramchal is that the Navi would feel as if his body was turning inside out. I don't know what that, that doesn't sound pleasant, right? It was not a pleasant thing. That's what the Ramam says, the Gemara says, that one of the conditions a person has to have in order to experience Nevoah, you have to be a Chacham, and you have to be a Gibor. Be a Gibor for so the Ramam says, because if you were physically weak and physically frail, you couldn't handle it. You physically could not handle it. You needed to be strong and physically healthy in order to survive the experience. Because what? Because what, what is the experience of Nevoah? Is that the light of the Neshama, the light of, of Ruchnius, is so overwhelmingly strong that it's able to be experienced despite the fact that you have a guf. But the guf, and the guf is a contradiction to the light, the Kli is a contradiction to the R. Ah, but the R is so strong. That's what Nevuah was. That's what Nevuah was. In the Sarmak this that mode of communication is described with two words, and you'll find this in the Sarm. It's called an R Yashar. An R Yashar means a, a descending light. There's a light up above, and it's, it's coming down. And it, whatever stands in its way, it's going to overpower. That's called an R Yashar. It's called an R Yashar. But that's not what's going to be lost at love. You know, the Pasuk says in Sefer Yael, it's in Treyasar. Yael is one of the Treyasar. So uh, it, says in, it says in Treyasar, that was, that was a nice. Anyway, so it's, it says in Treyasar that uh, the one of the Pesukim over there is, I never learned Yael, so I'm just making fun of myself. Anyway, so it says over there that when Mashiach comes, they were going to have Nevoah back. But it says more than just we're going to have Nevoah back. It says every single Jew will be a Navi. From old to young. Old to young. It will be a Navi. So, okay, that's an amazing thing. We have to understand that the way the Rabbanu Shalom operates, even miraculous phenomena have a system to it. There's a Seder to it. And the question is, if the process of Navua is light overwhelming the Kli, Ruchnis overwhelming Gashmias, well, the Ramam said, like I just mentioned before, that's a traumatic experience, and you have to be physically well. So you tell me old, frail Jews... And young children are going to be able to handle that. What, what's, what, so it's going to be a miracle. There's always a clause, the Maral always writes this, that miracles aren't ongoing. If it's something miraculous, okay, the Rabbi Hashem could change the, change the rules. But he's not going to change the rules that it's going to remain like that forever. When Mashiach comes, every single Jew, no matter what their situation, is going to be a Navi, and that's the, that's the way it's always going to be. If that's a miracle, then miracles aren't lasting like that. So, so what's the change? I thought Nevu was a traumatic thing that you have to physically be able to tolerate it. Why is it that all of a sudden when Mashiach comes, everyone can tolerate it? Everyone's going to be strong? Lavdavka? The answer is, just as there is a concept that's called an Ar Yashar, there's a concept in the Svarm that's called an Ar Chayzer. What does an Ar Chayzer mean? Until now we've been describing this dynamic, you have Ar and a Kli, Rochnis and Gashmis, right? Guf and Nisham. But if you think about it, like I've mentioned many times, where, where, does, where does Gashmi come from? Where does the Kli come from? What material did the Rabbanu Shalom use to create the world? 
and then speak to it? The answer is, even though we exper- the answer is, even though what we experience is these two dimensions, R and Kli, Ruchni and Gashmi, Neshama and Guf. And during the times of the Beis Migdash, that's how it was. And the Ruchnius just overwhelmed the Gashmius. But that's not what's going to be Lasa Lavai. What's going to be Lasa Lavai is that a much deeper truth is going to be revealed. And what's that truth? That truth is that the Kalim themselves are made of light. The Kalim themselves are made of light. On some level, there is no dividing line between Guf and Neshama, between Ruchnis and Gashmias. Everything comes from the same source. Yes, we experience it now differently, but that's because we're blinded to, where, to, what, to what reality in truth is. Uh, we say in, in Rosh Hashanah Davening, right? Uh, All creation should know that it, what its create, who, who its creator is. That's not a description, when Mashiach comes, it's not a description of Ruchnius overwhelming Gashmius. That's a, that's a description of Gashmius being redefined as a source of light by itself. That's what it means in Or Chayzer. In this world, there's such a thing as a light that bounces back. It's because you shine a light on something, and if it's, let's say, it blocks it, it bounces back. That's not what it means, Or Chayzer in the Svarim. Or Chayzer in the Svarim means that just as there's a light that descends from above to below, there is a light that ascends below to above. That means what's below, Gashmias, Kalin, Guth, is also a source of light. How is that a source of light? I thought it's nothing. I thought it's a, it's a coarse thing that needs to be overwhelmed. The answer is, that's Golas. The he- definition of Gula is that the root of what everything in truth is, based on where it really comes from, will be revealed, and everything is built from light. This is the secret of what it means when Mashiach comes, that everyone's going to be a Navi. And it's not going to need the old process of overwhelming the Guth. When you're overwhelming the Guth with the light of the Neshama, then the Guth has to be able to handle that experience. Not everyone can handle that. The difference is when Mashiach comes, it's not the, the light of, of the Neshama overwhelming the Guf. The Guf is mayor. The Guf is illuminating. I, I'll give you an example. You know, Estaka Baraisa Baralna, yeah? The Rebunch looked into the Torah and created the world. So it means that any truth that exists in the Torah is going to have to have its reflection in this world. So there are, there's a certain type of, of creature, right? Not one creature, it's a whole uh, spectrum of creatures that Back in the day, they, the, the people didn't know such things existed, right? But now, through science, we know such things. If you go, like, deep, deep, deep ocean, all the way down, right? So in, in, the, in the first bunch of meters in the water, so sunlight can penetrate. So plants can grow, animals can see. They can use that sunlight to be able to navigate, to be able to catch other fish. But when you talk about mamish, all the way, all the way down, there is no light penetrating. So the question is, how do animals survive over there? So back in the day, they thought probably there's nothing there. But now we know it's not true. And one of the most amazing things that Rabbanu created in the world is that there's such a thing, phenomenon that's called illuminescence. Right? That you have animals that what? They give off their own light. They give off their own light. You have such crazy things down there, right? I'm sure some of us by Bishop of Afternoon are going to be uh, watching videos like this, right? So uh, you have fish over there that they have, they have growing out of their forehead like, like fishing rods. And they have a little lure at the end of it that, that's illuminescent, that lights up, and other fish can come. But the gal are reflective of, of Niflois Hatayra. Something, see, see, none of us are, maybe we should be, but we're not in a spell from seeing a squirrel, right? Evidently, 
squirrels are not reflective of Nifloyis HaTayra, of Sisri Tayra. But animals that, that, you could explain it all you want, because obviously we don't see them on a daily basis, but the Metzius is that animals that we aren't a spoil from are coming, their root is coming from Nifloyis HaTayra. Sisri Tyre and Sisri Tyre are reflective of Yemais Mashiach. Those animals that are mamish, shocking to, to human beings, we don't, it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's counterintuitive to everything we experience. That light comes from above, and we use light to navigate, but light doesn't come from within. That, 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 that's, that's coming from a place that's lost love. That's coming from a place that's called an Archeiser. This is the secret of what it means, Bachaloyim Adabrabai. What does it mean, Bachaloyim Adabrabai? Chalim Rabbi means there's a the, 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 the human being is like I said we have Nisham and we have a guf and the guf that we have the most far the, the part of the human psyche that's the farthest removed from the Nishama is called the Kaycha Medama the imagination see the Nishama is truth the Nishama knows reality the Nishama is living in a real place and even the human intellect that's more mathematical is also in line with truth. But then you have the imagination. The imagination of a person is mamish crazy. You can think about all sorts, you can imagine all sorts of crazy things that don't exist, right? And so, if, if we're talking about our, the neshama versus the guf, what part of, what part of the human guf, I'm talking about like in, psychologically speaking, is far removed from the neshama. The sakaycha madama. Ba'chaloim adavar boy. And says the Rabbanu I speak to you through your imagination. That's the secret of an Archeiser. That's the secret of the Rabbanu Shalom revealing to you that what? That even your imagination, which is the, the, most, the most external part of your psyche, the part of your psyche that's the farthest removed from your neshama, that's where I speak to you from. It's luminescent. It has its own source of light. It doesn't need to be overwhelmed by the light of the neshama. <coughs> that's preparing us for you. That, that's what's going to be with, with Mashiach comes, is that our guf and the most external parts of our guf, and the most external parts of our, of, our, of our psyche is going to be the source of Hashem's divine, divine light. How does the Rabbanu Shalom prepare us for that? How does the Rabbanu Shalom prepare us to be able to orient ourselves, to experience a world where we're no longer listening to a light that comes from above, but rather, everything around us is the source of its own light. How do we prepare ourselves for Lumi Mashiach? How's Hashem paving the way for Gula? The answer is putting us in Gaulus. What happens in Gaulus? What's the nature of Gaulus? The nature of Gaulus is, is that during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, the light was super intense. And the voices in heaven were very, very loud. That you're able to hear them from down here. What's Gaulus? Gaulus is they begin to whisper. And the goof of this world becomes thicker and thicker and thicker. And every single day, like the Gemara says in, in, in Saita, every single day is more coarse than the day before. Every single day, the voices in Shemaim, the voice of the Nisham is getting lower and lower and lower, and the voice of the Guf is getting louder and louder and louder. So Kalah Yisrael and Gauls therefore have two choices to make. Either they keep with the old process, the old, the old, uh, the old um, you know, model, which is Or Yosher, listening to the voice from above, but at some point, you know, the old, I don't even you know, the old-fashioned, like, hearing things, where you have, like, a mamish, a horn or something, like, it's not working anymore. And you have the high, sophisticated, here, it's not working, the voice is too dull. 
So at some point, the Jewish people in Golis have to switch gears and begin to realize and to begin to listen to Hashem's voice that's emanating from a different source. Instead of it being a source that's coming from a place of Ruchnius, to be able to realize the truth, which is, that things of this world also have their root in Shemai. And the Rabbanu Shem is communicating to us through what? Through Ashkacha Pratis. The Rabbanu Shem is communicating to us through science and medicine and coincidences in your life. That's not, li- that's not listening to a Baskal. Like the Gemara says, first you had Nevi'im, and Nevu'ah ended. And then at least you had Baskals. There's no Baskals anymore. So, 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 where's the, so how, how do we have any communication? So you can say, okay, there's no communication anymore. No, there is communication, but it's Bachalai Madabrabai. That skill that the Jewish people are forced to, to develop in Golas, which is, instead of listening above, but to listen from below, that's exactly the skill needed to be able to experience the light of Gula. To be able to unearth, to unlock the Kayach of what? Of an Archaizer. The Kaisal Maravi, the Indian of what? Of being able to interpret dreams. To be able to realize that a dream, which is the lowest part, it's coming from the lowest part of your, say, of your intellect, of your psyche, your imagination itself, very far from any voice from your neshama. At, by the, by the, when you're sleeping, your neshama is not even in your guf, most of it. So what's left in you? Your imagination. And even your intellect that, that keeps your imagination in, in, in check is completely gone. And your imagination is like a running, running wild, like a crazy person. That itself is telling you Hashem's will. Such a thing. Obviously with Gedarm, not every dream is like that. But the concept, to be able to take something that by itself is a kli, is a guf, is gashmi, but to, re, re, to, to, to look at it as something that's luminescent, that's what it means to be paiser chalaymas, to interpret dreams. This is why the word paiser, it's brought down this song, the word paiser means to interpret a dream, is the same letters as toifer, which means to sow. To sow means that you have two pieces of, of material and you sew them together to the point of where it's literally one baggage. It's literally one thing. So you have two materials. You have heaven and you have earth. You have aris and you have kalim. And comes the interpretation of the dream properly is what? Is that you're poiser that chalayim. You're toifer those two, those two, those two uh, pieces of material. It's one thing. You can't tell the difference anymore. Or yosh or chayzer. This is why it's an interesting thing. We find this in the kavanas that um, you know, every single morning so we have Birchus HaShachar, right? You have the Brachas thanking Hashem for things of this world. Uh, thanking Hashem for, for the rooster. Thanking Hashem for the fact that you have shoes. Thanking Hashem that there's solid ground under your feet. Uh, things of this world. There's 18 Brachas. There's 18 of those Brachas. So it's brought down that Arizal said that part of the Kavanas of Birchus HaShachar, like that, the 18 Brachas, is you have to think of them in two sections. There's nine and nine. Nine is a number that's very much connected to a whole system. Chabad, Chagas, Nahi. Whatever it is. Nine is a complete number. Usually ten is. It's not for now. But nine is a complete system. But there's two systems that's being talked about. There's a system, says the Rizal, of Ar Yashar. That's the first nine brachas. And there's a system of Ar Chayzer. That's the final nine brachas. That's the only place, as far as I know, it's the only place in all of the Kavanas where there's ever a breakdown like that. Every time in davening or in mitzvahs, the kavanas always work in this model where there's some infra- spiritual infrastructure that's being built by that particular bracha, by that mitzvah, by that seder, whatever it is. But such a thing that you have that infrastructure that you're creating is in two sides. There's our Yasha version and our Chayzer version that, as far as I know, is only by Berchus HaShachar. Why? Why Berchus HaShachar? So holding Berchus HaShachar is making a brachas about things of this world. 
that many Rishonim say, even if you didn't experience it yourself, you still make the brachas because the, the lashon that the Rishonim use is that the bracha is on Hanagas Ha'olam. It's the it's a bracha on things on, 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 on nature on things of nature. So, if you're making a bracha on nature, then you have to realize what nature is. The oimik of it is that yes, yeah, such a thing as an aryasher, but some but you have to realize there's a much bigger oimik, which is there's such a thing as an archaiser. That's ultimately what the kaisel maravi is. That's where the word kaisel, kaisel maravi, is a combination of two words: chavav, tav lamed. Chavav is twenty six. That's yudkevavke. That's light. Tough Lamed is five times the name Elokim. Elokim means Teva. Ha, ha, ha Teva, that, Elokim means Teva, means Keli. Kaisel is a connection of the two. This is why the Kaisel Maravi is a place that a person finds comfort in, despite the fact that it reminds us of the Chorv Mesa Migdash, because it reminds deep down in the Nefesh, it reminds the Nefesh what the purpose of Golas is. It, it, tell, it, tell, it, tell, it gives the Nefesh a comfort of like there's a purpose to Golas. Because what's happening over Golas is that you're, you're slowly but surely developing a skill that you would not have been able to develop if there was a Vesem Mikdash. You couldn't move from Bayes Rishon to Bayes Lishi, looking back. Because Bayes Rishon were so overwhelmed with that sense of Aryashar and then you're thrown into this new reality of uh, luminescence that everything is light. Uh, there's no bridge. There's no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no time to develop that skill to be able to listen from below. That's what Golas is. And this is the Avoid of Tisha B'av. The Avoid of Tisha B'av is going to sound strange, but the Avoid of Tisha B'av is to realize how, is to focus on how silent it is from above. So you think like, that, well, that's what all the kinnas are about, right? All the kinnas of Tisha B'av are like, the Rav Shalom is not talking to us anymore, and he's forsaken us, and the Mamish left to... That's, I, I get it sad, but what's the Avoid of that? The kinnas, kinnas is the same letters as Tikkun. What's being fixed by saying kinnis? The answer is, you can't listen to an archaizer if the aryasher is still, is still overwhelming. You have to have that time where the aryasher is gone, and then you could begin to listen to the archaizer. That's, that's exactly the avayda of Tishabov. That's why the kaisal, again, like I said, that's why the kaisal is such a, a unique place, that it's a place that unites all Jews. There are some Jews that are yasher dikiyidim. There are some Jews that are in Archaizer Everyone finds their place by the Kaisal.